0: And I hope you'll be inspired to write because, as I always say, you have a story, you should write it down. This is Pencils and Lipstick. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 127 of the Pencils and Lipstick Podcast. I'm Kat Caldwell, I'm your hostess. And today is April 17th, I believe, as I record this. Happy Easter weekend, everybody. Happy Passover. Um, I hope that you're having a wonderful time chasing down a bunny or two, stealing those chocolate eggs from your children, so that you you know can stay awake. <laughs> hope you had a wonderful brunch this past weekend, or maybe you wrote, or maybe you just hung out with family. It is really clear outside here at DC, but the pollen once again is horrendous. But that didn't keep us from hanging out outside. It's just too beautiful. It's the perfect weather. And I actually even got to do a little writing outside, which is my favorite thing to do. So I hope that you had a wonderful weekend today. We have a wonderful guest with us. His name is Nick Thacker. Um, he's really fun to talk to. We probably could have doubled this podcast. um, just because he has so much information to give He's an interesting guy, whereas he's invented like all these things for writers, which half of them I didn't know about. You'll find out more about that (laughs) in the show, and I'll have the links in the show notes, of course, as always. Yeah, we talk a little bit about newsletters in the show, and that is something we are going to get into today. And a couple other announcements. The creative writing community is opening again in May. and I'm going to tell you all about who's going to come in there. But first, if you love this show, as I know you do, will you please subscribe on whatever app it is that you are listening to? Would you rate it? Would you share it with your friends? Um, there's a couple new writing podcasts coming out. And sadly, there are some writing podcasts that are ending their run. So I think that, you know, pencils and lipstick is maybe has a lesser name because I am, I am not as famous as some other people, but we've had some really wonderful guests. I think you can learn a lot from every single person, their different journey, what they've done to sell their book or their products in which, you know, help other writers. So today is Nick Thacker. He's a thriller writer. He's been in the business since 2011. So we talk about kind of the differences there. Um, Last week, we had Emily Myers, and she is a newer author just coming out with her second book. And we just have some wonderful people coming up. We are talking with Becca Puglisi. (laughs) I say that, Puglisi. Uh, Next week, she and Angela Ackerman write the thesauruses that so many of us adore. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're going to need to listen. She also talks about some tools that they have that I didn't know about. And I'm really excited to have Rhonda Douglas coming up in May, Andy Combo. I have a new memoir writer named Kirsten Micklewaite. Um, we have Janice from Fiction University. And we're having Alka Joshi. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce her last name, who wrote The Hannah Artist. So we have a ton of different genres coming up and different things that they are going to tell us all about. And I'm very excited for that. So. Um, Share the podcast with your friends, especially your writer friends, but of course your reader friends if they like to know what's going on in the writing world, I guess. So now that we have that out of the way, (laughs) I am still sponsoring this show with the Story Clarity Workshop. It is happening April 30th at 1 p.m. Eastern. Now we have about two thirds of the slots filled. I'm purposely keeping it very small because it's a workshop. It is a time in which you get to come in with your story idea, whether it's written, you know, partially already, whether it's fully written or whether it's just a seedling in your mind. And you get to sort of work with people presenting the idea, the characters, and just listening to our questions about it. And sometimes the questions will be like, yeah, that's totally talked about in chapter five. Nope problem my character is this i know the answer and some of the questions might surprise you we're going to act like readers as we go around and talk about our books our stories make sure that the um you know make sure that the storyline is exactly what we want it to be because i really think that as writers we have a full idea in our head but writing a book takes time and there, we have lives around it and sometimes You know, the ideas that we have don't always make it into the book, and because we're thinking about it all the time, we think that they are in the book, (laughs) you know, or we have this character that's super developed in our head, and so we don't always remember to develop them fully on the page, and so it's always good to have these questions of making sure that the reader is seeing the story and the characters how you want them to see it. Right. So we are going to go through, you know, your character's origin story, their misbelief or belief about the world, what you want to say with your story. We are going to dig into what external changes does your character need to go through, through the plot, you know, and what do they want? What do they want at the beginning and what do they want at the end? Sometimes it changes. And yeah, even if your character doesn't know what they want you should know what they want as the writer just because it helps you. And we're not talking about plotting. I don't plot. (laughs) I know a lot of authors that do plot and they do a really good job and that's great. Um, We're just really talking about knowing your characters and making sure that they come across to the reader exactly the way you want them to come across. So that is the workshop you can head over to catcaldwell.com to get signed up for it. Now, this is not a free workshop. I want to be clear about that. And some people have asked me why. So there are two different reasons. One, to keep it small, to keep it a very small group of people who are serious about getting some ideas and some feedback on their story. And in order to have the time to work with everyone, we have to keep it small, right? And so when you charge a small fee, that definitely keeps some people from joining us. Now, it's not a big fee. Uh, Up until this weekend, it was $30. Now it is $67. Um, If you are a patron of the show at any rate, you get uh, 50% off. So if you want to go head over to patreon.com forward slash pencils underscore lipstick, you get that code to get 50% off any of the workshops that I run, but also If you don't want to become a patron, that money can go to you joining the creative writing community if you so wish. Or if you just want the workshop, that is totally fine as well. Now, workshops are usually paid and they are pretty intensive. So yes, it is not really, really expensive, but it is also not free. So you have a couple different choices there on what you want to do. If you want to check out the creative writing community, whatever you pay for the workshop um, transfers over to the creative community, because when you are in the creative community, joining the workshops is free. That is one of the perks of being in the creative writing community. So the CWC, as we like to call it, the creative writing community is opening again in May. And I have worked through a few things and I'm going to start opening it about every six months. So, in it, like the months are sort of going to overlap so that you get your two weeks for free and you can sort of see what they're, you know, what we do and how, what the vibe is, which personally I think is perfect and you won't have any complaints. (laughs) So, but you know, if you decide that it's not for you in the first two weeks, You can always, you know, say goodbye. This wasn't for me, and no worries there. Otherwise, it is a six month membership. And the reason for that is so that we can get to know each other. We can really help each other out. Like this last Friday, we kind of ended up doing a hot seat situation for one of our members because a lot of things are happening in her life. And she also has a lot of books that she is trying to coordinate launches for and so we put her in the hot seat okay what do you need for this what do you need for that all right what date do you want to do it by okay um, send us your cover let's make up some book brush mock-ups really quickly so we did that and then we went through you know her idea of things and then people had different suggestions and then she said okay but one one thing that's really bugging me is that I just need like to read over the book one more time two of the books I think just to you know make sure that they're fine. And she was getting kind of stressed because she just doesn't have the time for it. And so lots of hands started going up and saying, I can read it first, then I'll send it to so-and-so, then I'll send it to so-and-so, and we'll, you know, make sure all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted and, you know, help you out, basically. That's what we do in the creative writing community. It is a community of writers who are really serious, not only about their work, but about each other's work. Now that's not all we do. So on Fridays, we have marketing. And so yesterday we were talking about time blocking, um, management, business, sort of marketing goes in the, you know, we call it marketing, but that's kind of what we do. And so we had the hot seat session. We also have access to the sprinting membership, which is now 20 hours a week. There is an evening one as well. There is also a Sunday sprint. So we have tried to accommodate Anybody, wherever you live, there are a couple sprints a week for you. Now, there are 20 hours of that. Then we have experts coming in. And so we're going to have in the next year, let's see, we are going to have Lauren Davis, who is a brand and social media manager and creative idea. Let's say put her out her. (laughs) She's going to talk to us about how to use our social media, how to, you know, continue our brand and really look at our books and our writing in our authorship as a brand, we have Jay Thorne coming in. He's going to do a workshop with us. Emma Desi is coming in to do a workshop with us. Nick Thacker, who you're going to hear today, is going to talk to us about newsletters and emails. And, you know, as authors, we want to get people onto our newsletter because we want those people to kind of be our super fans and the people who are excited to hear when we have a new book out, right? So, We also have a couple other people that I'm still working on, so I can't can't announce them yet. But we're gonna work on mindset and we're gonna work on business and we're gonna work on writing, all the things. You know, we have so many things to work on as writers, and especially as indie writers, but you know what? Even you traditionally published writers have have to deal with this as well, right? So the six months covers your sprinting membership, it covers all of the expert chats. I will be redoing this workshop, probably tweaking it a bit as I, you know, learn what people are finding more valuable. That will come again at the end of May or beginning of June. We'll have another one in August or September, but inside the community as well, closed off, not offered outside of it. We'll also be, we're doing a brainstorm every month about, you know, come with your new ideas or what's going on with your story and what do we need to Work through and we're doing some some like interactive editing sessions so you know bring a short story bring a chapter let's see how the story's going the scene and all that so we're really working together to make sure that things are where they should be in our stories then we are going to be working a lot more on book launches and that is what I'm going to have some people come in and do that as well because I think the industry might be shifting a little, possibly, with all the changes in the world, and we just want to be current and and up with everyone else. And sometimes it's hard to do that, keep up with everybody, when all we really want to do is write, right? <laughs> so, the creative writing community is opening in May. So, if you want to get on the waiting list, that link will be in the show notes. You can get more information about it. If you want to talk to me personally with any questions that you have, you can find me on Instagram. You can sign up for my newsletter In reply to any email that comes to you. It goes straight to my email. Um, you can find me at Instagram at catcaldwell.author. Um, you can also find me on my website, catcaldwell.com. So I hope to see you there. I think it's going to be a really fast-paced, jam-packed six months in the creative writing community. We're gonna get a lot done. And you know, it's wonderful to have like the NaNoWriMo's during the year that really motivate us. And there's been a lot during the pandemic of a lot of people trying to motivate each other to get writing, but I really do think it's also important right now as you go back to work or as your spouse or your partner goes back to work, as the kids go back to school. And, you know, we deserve some downtime, that's for sure. But it's also easy to let life overtake our desire to also finish our writing or continue our writing, you know, finish the book that you have or go on to the next one. And writing takes time. It takes effort. So it, it takes intentionality, and I think having a community really helps with that intentionality to make sure that you're showing up. You know, if you can show up on the Sunday and Wednesday sprints, those are the days that at least you're going to write for one to two hours, and you're going to get some words down. And you know what? There are lots of authors that write novel after novel in just 500-word sprints, but within a sprint, you know, if you... If you set aside two hours on Sunday or two hours on Tuesday or one hour, you know, a couple times a week, in the sprinting membership, you can get a couple thousand done every week, and it would be amazing to see that book come together, right? And to and to just have that habit, have that space, you know. Sometimes it's easier when you have a place to go and show up for other people that to tell those around you, your loved ones. Nope. I have to show up to sprints now. It's time for me to go. And it's just easier for people to comprehend that sometimes. And it's easier, you know, I would love it if we could really show up for ourselves all the time. But I think as humans, we do show up for other people more often. And so, you know, anything that you can do to sort of Trick your psychology into doing what you want, but you know, telling your brain, Well, you know, we're really doing this for other people, and then your brain's like, Oh my gosh, then let's go, we better be on time. So, anyway, that's just me. (laughs) So, you can find out more about the creative writing sessions membership as well. I think I'm changing it to co writing session. Membership. So many people have opinions. Let's say on whether I should call them sprints. That's what we do. We get together. We say hello. We're all virtual, and then we just start writing. And we're there. You know whether we keep our our camera on or off. We're all muted. We're writing, and you know what? Somehow it really it just helps the focus. It's amazing how many books have gotten finished in the past year. I'm so excited. There's one, two, three, four. Probably five, and like three others are about to be finished. Like, that's pretty amazing. So, you can find out more about all those things at catcaldwell.com. So, before I introduce my guest, be sure to head on over to patreon.com forward slash pencils underscore lipstick. If you want to become a patron of the show, I am going to be adding a lot more to that over there. If you don't want to become part of the creative writing community, but you still want to be part of of the podcasting community, get access to some special workshops that I'll have, get get some special discounts on my books and my journals and all that. You can become a patron over at patreon.com. And I really appreciate it. It keeps us going. This podcast is in its third year and I'm still having so much fun doing it. I see the the numbers rising, and I find it very exciting. Um, so, hello to all of you guys out there who are listening weekly. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you subscribing and telling your friends about the show. It's really, really lovely to see more and more people every week joining us. So, our guest is coming up. I hope that you have a wonderful time listening to Nick. Today's guest is thriller author Nick Thacker. He is a USA Today bestselling author who pretty much specializes in thrillers as the Harvey Bennett series is huge. He also has a couple standalones in the Mason Dixon thrillers. Nick is interesting because he's been in the business for about 10 years, which seems to be a bit of a theme these days in some authors that I'm talking to but he just can't seem to sit still, honestly. I did not know how many different little things he has done on the side to benefit authors. Now, all of these links are going to be in the show notes. You can find Nick Thacker plus three free books that he gives away at nickthacker.com. But here's a list of other things he has. He has authoremail.com, RadioWrite.com (laughs) ConundrumPublishing.com He has so many things and BookCareerInAYear.com He also has this little thing called KevinToNick.com but I'm not sure that he expected me to say that but if you check it out maybe (laughs) maybe we'll see what kind of power you guys have as leaders I hope that you have a good time listening to Nick he has so much information I think I'm going to have to have him come back on the show So if you guys have any questions, let me know. You can find me over at catcaldwell.author on Instagram. Let me know what you think about Nick's interview. We'll bring him back on. I think he's a pretty interesting, funny guy to talk to. He's going to actually be speaking at InkersCon. So if you guys listened to Alessandra Torrey's interview last week, you will know already all about InkersCon. If you don't know what InkersCon is, go to inkerscon.com. It is a... Writing and Publishing Conference in Dallas, Texas in 2022. It's going to take place in June, so you still have time to get your tickets if you are looking to, you know, mingle with some other authors and to learn some other things in person. Or there's also the digital format as well. So without further ado, here's Nick. Okay, everyone, welcome to another episode of Pencils and Lipstick. Today I have with me thriller author Nick Becker hello, Nick. How are you doing?
1: Hello, I'm doing well. How are you?
0: Good. I'm. I'm happy to have you on. You've already made me laugh. As we're introducing well, ourselves to each I other. I can't help it.
1: It's just that's the way I look. Okay, I can't help it.
0: <laughs> we, well, we have several things in common with lots of daughters and and dogs running around. And happy birthday, by the way, as we oh, as we you. record yeah. this. Um, so before we get into it, why don't you introduce people? Uh, introduce yourself to people. That's how it goes. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh people always say introduce yourself to people i'm like well you're the only one here i don't know imagine all right well uh no i i am a thriller author um i have slowed down a little bit in in the recent years uh with things that we'll talk about i'm sure uh, as we go on but i did i got started writing thrillers on accident i hated <laughs> writing in, in school and said i will never write anything long form ever again that's what ap english does to people right? uh, yes um <laughs> But my granddad passed away one year and I thought, well, you know, I'm just going to write a book that's like the same books that we all used to read together. My dad, his his dad and me, because how hard can it be, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I was very naive. I had no idea what I was getting into, but I did. I jumped off the deep end, started writing, got to the muddy middle, took a prompt break for about three months and um, read and tried to study. Honestly, I mean, it's so funny. Like I remember um, looking at my wife and saying, I wonder if anyone's written a book about like how to do this, yeah. about how to write fiction. Like, I didn't know, that's how naive yes. I was. I had no idea.
0: Me too, yeah.
1: So a whole <laughs> new world. Um, and uh, as everyone listening obviously knows, uh, there are plenty of books about it. I found a few that I really liked and I got through that first book. Yeah. The idea was I would put all my quote unquote good ideas into this book because I was never going to write anything ever again. It'd be English, right? And so uh, I got to the end of that book and realized that I couldn't fit all the ideas into mm-hmm. this book, which is bubbling over with terrible ideas that didn't make any sense, but I just crammed them in anyway. Could have made it like a choose fair. your own adventure. <laughs> you yep. just... it basically, it's what it could have been. Yeah. It, it was, there were so many like Kakamimi ideas and it was like sci fi meets action adventure thriller. And I have a talk I give where I'm, I'm explaining uh, some of like Chris Fox's, you know, methodology. I know he's been on your show as well about, um, you know, like the right to market and not knowing the market. Yeah. And so I was like, this is thriller. This is military modern style with technology we know. And then I had these like, AK-47 looking guns that when you pull the trigger, you like can levitate the person on the other end of it and like <laughs> shake them around and stuff. Absolutely absurd. Totally wild. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the story, believe it or not, was actually decent. And I had a friend, um, we still work together to this day. He edited book and honestly, I should have just put his name on it. He just totally fixed it up. Yeah, uh, But that's the story of the first book. And um, uh, as you probably guessed, the rest of those ideas that didn't fit became the next book and the next book the and then eventually along the way one of them started paying like a cell phone bill and then like an electric bill nice. you know? and it just uh, from there and here we are you yeah
0: know? what year was that
1: uh that would have I think that dropped in 2012 so I probably oh. started it in 2010 okay. um, most of 2011 and then released it in 2012
0: and then did you go straight into KU is that was that was kind of the it year did. that it started yeah
1: That was, yeah. I think, I don't know, the official year it started, maybe 2011, something around there. there. That was when it started really blowing up, right? Uh, It was the John Locke, Amanda Hawking years, right? And so I didn't know anything about it. I just, I thought, well, let me just see if there's a, I guess I'll query agents or whatever, this giant book that I bought, you know, that told me what to do. Um, I'll do that. And then meanwhile, maybe I can release it digitally. I was blogging at the time. like I was familiar with how the internet stuff worked and I had no problem with the self-promotion side. So I was like, well, let me just do this through my own channels and see what happens. And one of those, you know, was KU. And I was like, oh, put it in here, you know, see what happens. It didn't take off by any stretch. I mean, it didn't, it sold like three or four copies with my mom's four different Amazon (laughs) (laughs) accounts. She'll never admit it, but I know it was her. But yeah, you know, it's it was a slow growth thing. It's actually yeah. the the same launch style that I like today because I don't stress myself out trying to do everything on day one. Right. Uh, you know, Amazon, I think their algorithm is really moving toward uh, appreciating like long, slow, steady growth over okay. you know, the book club, you know, the pops feature deal, uh, which I think are still good, but you need to have something else, right? You need to have the, the newsletter that you're dropping a little bit uh, each, each day, each week, um, each month. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's kind of what I did and inadvertently uh, ended up in a career doing it.
0: So you did enjoy it. You, but I mean, you weren't like not making any money at first. So you were still working or doing something else.
1: I was. Yeah. My So at the time, I was working at a marketing company. We were really good at ripping people off. They called it... They was a Christian company, right? Um, it's not. But we sold websites to churches. And this was in the day where like like WordPress was absolutely a thing and it yeah. was super popular. We were not doing that. We were charging... a page. Oh, and if, oh, pastor, you want that linked to your menu? That's going to be another $25. It was totally just that kind of deal. Right. And I did that. I hated it. The company was poorly run, um, terrible asshole manager and all that. Sorry. just got your explicit content badge. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, And, you know, and and I knew I wanted to leave. I knew it wasn't going to be the thing I did forever, but I didn't have anything to fall back on. Um, But I was also working in churches at the time. I was a music guy, tech guy and we moved to Colorado from Texas around the same time I was writing another book all that so it all kind of happened at once but I got a job at a church that I actually really loved and that was my whole network in Colorado when we first moved there so I kept writing and eventually you know all my buddies at church were you know they would give me oh you wrote a book oh that's cute you know and then pretty soon they were like you're actually selling a lot of these books like how
0: actually that's (laughs) kind of cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's actually kind of neat, you know. And so and pretty soon I, I was like, I had to admit, I was like, Yeah, I can I'm stealing time from from both. If I'm trying to do both of these things. Okay. And so something had to give. And my wife basically gave me the ultimatum. She's like, look, get get through the I call it church season, Christmas to Easter, right? It's yes. like kind of our schedule. Get through Easter and 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 then decide if you want to be there another year or if you want to go write books. Uh and yeah, because you're short, driving I, me
0: crazy. <laughs> it was
1: just, yeah. I mean, we were we were having kids, you know, and it yeah. was it was she was working as well. There was just not enough time for me to have two full time jobs. Right. And there, there was plenty of money at the time because she was working, I was working, right. and the book income was double, about double my my church job. Of course, with taxes and self employment, I wanted it to be a little bit more. You know, right. Obviously. Okay. Um, but that was the ultimatum. So I quit, and um, I don't know how much time we have, but yeah, I mean, gosh, I, uh, I that summer was my July first. I think it was my first day full time as a writer, and it was glorious until I realized. I actually don't like to write more than like an hour or two a day. I'm just done after that.
0: You yes, know, I had all these. Actually, a lot work, of people know? have that idea. When When I was starting out, I was like, I just need eight hours to like exactly. sit in my office. And then you get in your office, you're like, this is boring. Yeah, this <laughs>
1: sucks. People around. Like, I was hanging out with my friends, going out to lunch every day. Like, there's none of that. Did I get any know?
0: writing that? Yeah. When you no. actually have structure, like a job, you're at your job, like, I wish I could be writing. <laughs>
1: That's exactly what it is. And and because I don't have eight hours, I would go to Starbucks or whatever and write, and it would be the best writing, you know, because right. it's two hours. all I got is two hours. Mm-hmm. And it, that, so, I, so when I went full time, I was in my basement and there was nobody around. I'm very social and I didn't realize how social. I actually started having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I, I had Ouch. anxiety and all this stuff was just sort of coming to a head where I was like, I, I made a huge mistake. Yeah. Um, about that same time, because my wife loves me, she decided to quit her job as well. Um, <laughs> Help, <laughs> on on the
0: anxiety super there. helpful.
1: Hey, look, I, I'm sorry you're dealing with all this financial stuff, but I'm I'm going to quit. But I, no, there was a, a good reason for it, and all that. But that was literally. I mean, that was our health insurance. It was our benefits. Yeah. That was not to mention the income, and so that was gone. And it all just sort of came to a head. Uh, I was getting audited. I got hit with an IRS letter, all uh. that stuff, which had never happened before. Now, if that happens, I just laugh and like write them a letter back and. Okay. You know, it's going to be 5 years before we get resolved. Like I know that now. Okay. But at the time I was freaking out. They wanted like $8,000 or something and uh so it was it was a nightmare, honestly. It was hard. It was very, very difficult and um what helped was just the 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 I guess the steadiness of the unsteadiness. Okay. You know, knowing that you're on the roller coaster. Be- before it's like you see it oh, it's like a roller coaster. It goes up and down financially, whatever. Um, but until you get on that roller coaster and lock in and be like, all right, I'm here until the end of the ride okay. like It stays on the tracks, you know, that has helped me. It's not that anything's really, I mean, yes, things have gotten better. I'm, we're making more money now. All that stuff is true, but there's still the fear of, well, I don't know what's going to happen next month. If I don't do the work now, it's not coming in.
0: Right. It kind of, it kind of really makes you see it, I guess, less as a hobby. And really, this is a business more than is, anything. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, I I was a music major in school but I did some business classes and in B school they would basically harp on us like entrepreneurship is all about risk, you know, it's all about t- taking risks. And it's so easy to sit there in the class and be like, mm, "I'm a risk taker. Yes. I'm going to take all those risks. Just let me out. Like I'm going to take all those super risks." And and then you do it and you take a risk and you're like, "Hey, there's a kid and another kid that I have to feed yeah. and I'm the only one making money." And, you know, I, I don't know how to grow tomatoes. So like we have to go buy the food, Yes, <laughs> you know, and if there's not money, we don't buy. It. So you just, and then you build up the, uh, worst case scenario stuff in your brain, which isn't healthy or helpful, but it's da- absolutely, absolutely true. Yeah. It's absolutely
0: there. How many yeah. books did you have at that point?
1: When I went full time, um, it was 2017, I would have probably been about seven or eight books into
0: it. Okay. Okay.
1: But let's, I'd say seven or eight full length thriller books. There were a couple sci-fi things here and there, but. The 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 income stream was my Harvey Bennett series, and that was probably four books long. Okay, and there were a couple of standalones that were selling pretty well.
0: Okay, so I mean, I can I can see how that's probably the thought of most of us. Like, okay, I'm making money, I'm going for it. This is what I'm doing. And as an as a business that's an art kind of base, you have to keep producing. You can always make money on your backlist, which you obviously had a backlist, which is kind mm-hmm. of key <laughs> for I this think so. industry. But you still felt that pressure to write another book.
1: I did because okay. I knew I could see the numbers that you know, my backlist sold, but it sold when I would release a new book. Oh,
0: okay.
1: right. Like it would it would just uh, you'd have the the spike of a new release, mm. but then your baseline would go up a little bit. You okay. know, the backlist and all that stuff. At least for me that that was true. And so I could see that again, there's it's a roller coaster, but there were some pretty pretty obvious signs that the more I write, the more money I'm going to make. Um, now, at the time, I really did buy into this idea that there, there was a limit, like there was a ceiling on how much I was going to ever be able to make. Um And that's just because of, I, I don't know, like childhood trauma. I don't know, like some <laughs> kind of history with money or something right. where I'm like, I'm supposed to be middle class. It's all just this mindset. Right.
0: Okay. This
1: mindset I had that I don't deserve to make more than $3,000 or 4,000 or 5,000, whatever the number is. It always kept going up. Um I don't deserve more than that. So, So I made up this story that there was, not enough customers for me to, you know, not enough readers in that market to make more. And it's so true to me. It's just so incredible to me now to realize how much money there is in the world. Yes. How many people there are that are clamoring for this kind of stuff?
0: I don't think that's uncommon because for some reason, I think we see the world as this kind of tiny circle. Like Mm -hmm. I still have, I will, it's easy to say things and not so easy to do things. Or I'll, yes. I'll tell the people in my group like you have to put things out there quite often because just because you put up one social media or you know one marketing campaign doesn't mean that you hit the right people or all the people and it's okay if your book isn't for everyone but there's almost eight billion people in the world.
1: <laughs> you know, well, and there, we're making more and we're making more. Yeah, we keep producing people, you know, and so I've I, I realized that too, and I'm like. Not only have I not even scratched the surface of current thriller readers and fans, Mm -hmm. but there's new ones every day. People like me who read the Da Vinci Code and was like, oh my gosh, this is a whole genre. Like, I didn't know there were other books like this. And then just discovered this world that I loved. That's happening every single day. Yes. A reader will grow up and all of a sudden be allowed to get on the internet or whatever and give a credit card, like this 18 year old, whatever it is. And then all of a sudden, there's a whole world opens to them where they're like, I can, 10 bucks a month, I can go to Kindle and, and fill up my, my reader like this is great. This yeah, is awesome.
0: yeah, absolutely. And some people are you know readers from the beginning. Some people are late bloomers in the reading. Still trying to get my husband to like novels. So <laughs> um,
1: my, my wife loves novels. I'm just trying to get her to read mine.
0: <laughs> yes, the thrillers. Well, let's talk a little bit about thrillers because I've had quite a few romance writers on. Um, I am this reader who will pretty much read whatever somebody recommends to me. So. For I didn't even know that there was a genre of thriller for a while. I'm I sort of live in my own world. <laughs> Just, you know, I walk along in my own world. Like, oh, I like this book. Oh, that's a thriller. So, what what is it that makes a thriller? Like, what are your guys' tropes? What makes it different from? I mean, I guess you said you can't have guns that make people go up and <laughs> down. Although that sounds really good. Cool.
1: Uh, you can, but that would be science fiction thriller. Right? Okay. So I, I think you're onto something, though, when you say that you didn't realize it was a thriller. I really think we're doing a disservice to readers um, and to the genre itself by calling it a genre. Okay. Because it's really more of a style. Okay. This is all my opinion, by the way. I'm probably wrong. I've been wrong once or twice, but I think of a thriller as a style. It's a pacing and a tone. Okay. Right. Um, There are certainly tropes, which I think do make it a definable genre. And that's why you can dig into the thriller subgenres on Amazon, Mm. for example. But really, um, there's no reason you can't write a romance novel, you know, happily ever after, whatever it is that That is also a thriller, okay, because I think the the key rule for thriller and I run a publishing company, we only publish thrillers, and so I get this question a lot, and you know people are like, well, I wrote this book, it's kind of you know it's got some romance elements, I don't really know, and I'm like, look, if you know who the bad guy is mm-hmm. up front and you that that is the person trying to cause death, and I mean death, the three ps uh, psychological, professional or personal, like like physical death, mm-hmm. literal death if 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 that bad guy is trying to cause death to the end, to the protagonist and the protagonist fights against that until the very end. That is a thriller. That that's one of the main tropes. Okay. The way to explain it is also by, by using it as an analogy against like mystery where you don't know who the bad guy is or you ah. don't know who did it. Right. Okay. So it's just that if, if, if you have a protagonist, um, they find a dead body. Uh, oh my gosh, what, who did that? And they're the whole time they're uncovering the mystery. That's a mystery. If they find the dead body and they realize, wait, Oh, this person's coming for me next. And we can see who it is, at least the reader can see who it is. Okay. That's a thriller, right?
0: Interesting. Um,
1: Even within that, there's some crossover and all that. That's always going to be true. But that's how I define it, uh, you know, generally speaking. Structurally, we want to know, we, the reader, want to know who the bad guy is, what they're doing. You know, it could be an organization, it could be a person, doesn't really matter. We need to know who they are and what they're trying to do. And usually, the death of the protagonist is the least of their concern. There's like, you know, in, in you know the action adventure genre that I, I I like to write in, which is a subgenre of thriller.
0: Okay.
1: Usually the world is at stake, right? The right. bad guy's building some giant, you know, Death Star or something that's gonna blow us all up. So sure, the protagonist doesn't want to die, but they really want to save the world, you know. And so that's that's where you get some of those larger than life you know, action Hollywood type thriller genre jumps. Yeah. Okay. Um there's some other things, you know, I, I mentioned like the, the pacing is important. That's really hard to define, of course, but generally speaking, you can say a thriller would be fast-paced where a mystery might be slower. Okay. Because there's nothing wrong with the pace of the novel if people want to read a cozy mystery, you know, and it, the snappiness of the prose may not have anything to do with the pacing of the book either. So I should say that too. Hmm. You know, you can write a cozy mystery that reads very quickly. Grisham, I don't think, I mean, I wouldn't call him cozy mystery, but he writes the most boring plots I've ever read in my life. But, I'm like, Agreed. What's the, this, nothing. It's like nothing's happening here. Who cares? <laughs> about this one person who died in some like weird town. But then I'm like, I, then all of a sudden it's, I'm on the last page. I'm like, damn it. I read the whole book yeah, <laughs> because of the way he writes, you know, And but the pacing of those is very slow, I would say. Yeah. Right. So the writing style can be fast. The pacing can be slow, vice versa. The thing that makes a thriller, a thriller to me is that the pacing of the book is fast. They're, they're literally, you know, breakneck pace. Okay. For most of it, especially the climax. But even then, you know, like I, the books that don't work very well for me are the ones where the, the, you know the uh, the main character never sleeps because it's constantly just fast paced so you have to have those breaks in there and yeah okay so there has sleep. to be I some like
0: realistic things
1: yeah i was just i'm super lazy about my writing and i never learn anything so i just throw them on an airplane and be like okay they got to go to like you know uh, crete or something and and then they slept the whole time so there you go they slept you know they're, they're, <laughs> they're and they get off and they start shooting everybody in the neck again when they get off the plane so
0: it's like jason bourne <laughs> he doesn't need to sleep right <laughs> sleep yeah
1: and when he Science does it's experience. like okay, we're gonna focus on the yeah the bad guys you know doing things over here and laughing maniacally that's when jason Bourne's sleeping yeah,
0: he just, exactly. he's, so, he's like I, I just need five minutes just a second give me five minutes <laughs>
1: There's a pill
0: well that's interesting okay so like the fast pace and like you said i guess it doesn't i was thinking you don't really go into the personal life of the person but that's not necessarily true if you have no like, that's a, not necessarily true okay. at all yeah
1: um i think the thing so i always I tell people this Okay. Like, Uh, Again, nobody would ever hire me to do a craft workshop, but if they did, what I would tell people is, you know, I think the the reason people pick up a thriller specifically is for the plot and then what keeps them, like what hooks them is the plot and what keeps them there is the characters. So you Um, do want to have that. You do want to get to know the people, but that's not why I'm picking up the book. I don't care who Jason Bourne is as a person. I want him to kill people and be a good guy. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just oversimplifying, but that, that is very true with the thriller genre and other genres as well. You know, sci fi comes to mind. The Expanse is a great series, you know, Leviathan Wakes, where you get very, very good character development. But gosh, the reason I picked it up was because I was like, is this thing an alien compound that they found? Or, you know, what's going on? Right. So I think that's, that's true with thrillers very much. I mean, you pick it up because the plot sounds cool. Yes. My book, The Enigma Strain, it's about the, the super volcano under Yellowstone National Park erupting.
0: Oh gee. Like, well that's
1: cool. Like that that seems like a big deal for America, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah, I love it.
1: Let's figure that out, you know. And so um but then what I hoped to do in that was have characters that you fall in love with. Right. You know, and I'm 12 books into that series, so it, you know, for some readers that's working.
0: Yeah, that's probably what is that Keanu Reeves movie where he <laughs> All they did was kill a uh, dog.
1: John Wick, yeah, John <laughs> Wick.
0: Stupid. but you really want to see what he does? They <laughs> you
1: know, like... kill a dog. I mean, you're gonna die. Like that's just the way it goes, you know. <laughs> you're and kill John Wick, I'm like, okay, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: but yeah, that's, that's how they why, got, yeah. got you hooked, like the character and then the other characters, you
1: know. <laughs> right, that's very true. Yeah, you're like, okay, cool. There's enough of, and and to be to be fair, like there are books, just like there are movies, and I would say John Wick, you know, The Equalizer, that, that don't it doesn't really matter what the character is like because. The guys that are going there for a bachelor <laughs> party, like the Alamo draft house, like they're not really there for the character development. Let's be honest, yeah, right? Yeah. But I think to make a lasting you know, series, which is what most of us in, in the book world want to do, okay. make good money, I think we have to have the character development because that carries yeah. you through to the next book.
0: Right. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily, I think Keanu Reeves also sells it, but yeah. So when you're writing a book, you want the reader's imagination to continue on, like to care. Let's say about the next character. Um, So how long are your series? How many series do you have and how long do you have these multi 20 book series out there?
1: Uh, Gosh, I wish I did. Um, No, I've got a 12 book series. It's my longest one. Oh, my
0: gosh. That's pretty. Uh, That's
1: the Harvey Bennett series. OK. Now, all of these books, you know, I mean, we're we're kind of making some comparisons to other genres. So there are quite a few genres where the expectation is at least 50 or 60,000 words in thriller. I would say that's higher. Um, most of the stuff that I'm seeing that sells well is 70, 80, 90,000 at least.
0: Yeah, you got to develop that, right? Like, why is he yeah, there? Yeah, it
1: typically ends up being I mean, I've tried writing shorter, and I'm sure, I mean, there are people who do it, and if they get away with it, it's totally fine. Like I said, everything I say, there's an exception, you sure. know, that seems to prove the rule. But for me, um, you know, with, when I publish a thriller, I, I'm asking for 80,000 words, give or take right now it's not epic fantasy if you go 150 we need to split it into two books and lengthen one you know but uh typically that is longer so so my series but what i'm saying is 12 books mm-hmm. you know those are those are 70 80 90,000 word novels some of them i think are even 100 so i don't know for whatever whatever reason uh they're possibly not as long as like another another genre might have 20 books the same amount of words yeah
0: that that is true that that is i think a difference in a lot of sub Romance genres, like w- I heard somebody say, fifty thousand words." And I'm like, I I can't. <laughs> it's, it's a minor, like, 80, that too short cent- for you. Yeah, it's too, way too short. Yeah, right, right, right. Uh, I gotta, I gotta develop this whole character here. You know.
1: Sure. I, I, well, I think what's really incredible about the romance genre specifically is it's it, because it's so big. Mm-hmm. There's so much money being tossed around. It's very active. I think we're seeing new genres being defined by those oh, writers, okay right? Where I think it used to be you know, like the Harlequin romance. I don't even know how long they were, but let's call it 70,000 words or something. Maybe it was shorter, but I feel like because of traditional publishing, they had their you know page counts and everything was on margin, right? They had to know how long it was and you really had to fit within that or they weren't going to publish it. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't matter now. Right. And if there's readers who are going to read it, I mean, just from a business sense, if I can write 50,000 words, I'd much rather do that than 80. Yeah. It's just that the, the, the expectation in the, the thriller genre is still a little bit longer, so I think, I think we're seeing the birth of some new uh, expectations coming out and romance is really carrying the torch on that. I think sci-fi is doing that as well, like where they're having epic, long space opera length stuff, but they're also having shorter, it's not quite short story, mm. but it's in that 40, 50,000, 60,000 word where readers are loving it. And pretty soon we're going to have those as, you know, the expectation of the genre, That's which would be great for writers.
0: I wasn't, I didn't know that they were doing the shorter ones too, That. But- Seems difficult in sci-fi, but I'm not a sci-fi writer, so. So some of them
1: are. I mean, like I said, I think generally speaking, they're going to be longer now, but I think it is changing because readers are going, well, yeah, wait, I like your stuff no matter what, author. If you can write something shorter and get them to me quicker, I'm a fan of that, true. you know, and there's definitely a skill in it. We, in the church world, we used to say, you know, the pastor was like, look, it's harder to write a 25-minute sermon than it is to write a 45-minute sermon, you know, and I've done it. And it is, that's true. That's absolutely true.
0: Yeah, you have to, your pacing definitely has to, and, and things still have to make sense because the readers know what should be happening. Even if they couldn't define it, they're like, oh, wait a minute, something's wrong with this, this book if you've missed <laughs> a step there. So exactly. yeah, doing it in 50,000, that's quite the, quite the talent, in my opinion.
1: I think so too. When I get a thriller that's 50,000 words, um, almost without, without exception, I know that it's too short. I know that it's mm. going to feel like something's missing. Um, Now that's probably a a bias that I'm confirming, you know, but often I'm like, Hey, I realize there's a couple chapters in here where like, you really should show us the bad guys layer or or what Mm -hmm. they're up to. You know, we love that. If you're writing, writing in third person, it's super easy. So they go back and they beef it up 20,000 words. And all of a sudden now we're in business. Right. So I think readers like that. Yeah.
0: So what made you um, start businesses that would help authors? Is it just sort of because you were bored, or you don't want to write more <laughs> than than two hours a day, or that you just have this information and you kind of saw thriller writers or new writers maybe needing some more guidance.
1: Uh, no, that's a good question. I really, honestly, think it's a that's a mix of all of them. I, I would get bored. I can't write more than an hour or two a day anyway, and um, I'm just barely good enough at some other things like graphic design that I could do other stuff. Right. So at mm-hmm. one point, I I had a cover design company. It was all pre made book covers and because I knew just barely enough about web design. I was like, I'm going to automate this. So it's really just a marketplace. Okay. So it's not just my book covers, but other cover artists can come on and upload theirs. And nice. we split the royalty, all that. And it was a whole thing and I built it. Nice. And then nobody, I was like, I, I didn't actually prove the market before I built it. I just, I just built it. Oh. So nobody actually cared. And I was like, all right, cool. i well, will just shut that down and do the next. <laughs> so I'm absolutely like the spaghetti against the wall. See what sticks kind of guy when it comes to business stuff. Um, Cause I know just enough where I'm like, okay, I can, I can put this website up. like. For example, I thought it'd be really cool to have like a 24-7 internet radio uh, that's all writing advice. like So like podcasts, okay. uh, but then also music that doesn't have lyrics because that's what most writers want to write to. Right. Um, so I have that. That's going right now. It's called RadioWrite.com. And it I don't know you're going to go type it in. It's go literally it going in? to play like whatever I've got queued up. It might be a podcast in the morning. Um, it could be like synthwave, like style music cool. or ed. I've even got some chill, like, you know, whatever. The, the point is I'm, I'm an idiot because I'm like, okay, well, I like music and I could do this, build a website. And then I just waste all this time building crap that nobody ever knows about. Um, I think I've literally had like 30 different views over the year that I've had it. If you mine. put
0: storms in there, Joanna Penn will listen and then she'll talk about it. And then you'll have a lot of views. Then I'll
1: have, I That's that. all I she definitely.
0: listens to apparently are storms. I know. I, I was talking noise. to her
1: about that before and she's like, well, I don't listen to music. And I'm like, all right, weirdo, like whatever. <laughs> um, but it's very true. She doesn't like music. She likes a little background noise. But. Yeah, it's
0: just the noise. I'll have to check it out though, because I, I I I need to get we don't talk about Bruno out of my head. So mm,
1: oh <laughs> my gosh, I can't. But so so to answer your question more fully, like yes, I I have a little bit of business background in music school. I was actually more into the business side of music than mm-hmm. I was the music side. Okay, and I've I've just kind of had that I guess knack for it with the entrepreneurship stuff, and so. I'll look at something, and like you mentioned before, there's something that would exist for the larger industry or another industry altogether. And I'm like, well, that we should have that for authors as well. Like that should be a thing that doesn't cost like Mailchimp. That's cool. It shouldn't cost 350 bucks a month. I don't (laughs) need the CRM tool. I'm not doing any of that stuff. I just want to send email. Um, And so that's literally what happened when I built Author Email with with a buddy of mine. And so that's 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 very much what I do. Okay. I wouldn't say I like doing that because it takes me away from the stuff that actually makes money, but
0: Isn't it funny, like when you're doing one thing, you feel like you should go back to writing and then when you're writing, you're like, I should go check this. So you have author email. Um, I just checked it out yesterday. I'm excited to learn more about it because it's true. We use all these things that other entrepreneurs use. And I feel half the time, like I'm paying for stuff that I'm not using or that that it just, it doesn't apply to me, but you know, Hey, we still have to send out our emails and we're not going to do it one by one. Exactly.
1: And you can't. Your ISP will shut it down if you try to do that. <laughs> right. You know?
0: Yes. Um, so I've I've definitely been checking into that because um I think you were talking about it with self-publishing formula. Is that what it's called?
1: Yep. That was with James um, over
0: there. And just like how since you don't have the other entrepreneurs, you might not get into the spam box as much, which would be great <laughs> to not be sent over to that marketing box of hell of
1: Yeah, it, it happened a few years ago with MailerLite. Um, they're a great company, you know, otherwise, but what they're doing is is they're offering service to anyone who will pay them. Right. And there is scrutiny. It's not like they're just, you know, we, we invite Russian bots to come to our <laughs> service. Like They're not <laughs> doing that. But inevitably, some people will get through the cracks and they'll send something unscrupulous and they'll shut down a whole, yep. you know, a whole server, which is, you know, a thousand e- authors or whatever, or users. With author email from day one, we were like, first of all, we don't want a closet full of servers because that's expensive. And I don't want to be, you know, the, the the long ponytail guy named John who like is an IT guy for the rest of his life. Like, that's, I don't want to turn into that. And I knew I couldn't get Kevin to do that. My and partner. it's really so hot. Like, <laughs> it's really hard. Everything's kind of buzzing. It like, hum. You think I have tinnitus all day? Like, yeah. And so um, I wasn't going to do that. And it was the same time you know, Amazon Web Service type companies were popping up offering cloud hosting. Like, this is perfect. We can pay for exactly what we need, no more, no less. Scale. Indefinitely, you know, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And they get to handle keeping the servers running. All we have to do is provide the reputation uh, and, and make sure that that's good. And then the deliverability will be just as good, if not way better than these other services. Nice. And if somebody does come onto the system that isn't an author and wants to send internet marketing stuff, and we miss it. And they send something out. They're not going to shut down a whole server because they're not on one server. It's all cloud. Dispersed, nice. right? Okay. So there's some technological reasons we did it, but it really came down to, it was just more affordable that way for us getting it started. I wanted yeah. to send an email and not pay more than 10 bucks a month.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You no, know, it's,
1: so that's, that's what author email became. And that's what it is today.
0: I like that price.
1: <laughs> it's a good price. You're not going to beat it. There are so
0: many things that we, we all just did our taxes and my writing group and we're all like, Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then you got to pay for a tax person, you know? Yes.
0: And you know just all the little things that you have to pay for and you think okay, 10 30 this and it all adds up quite yeah. a bit. Um so we'll definitely have links to author email, but you also have author in book career in a year.
1: So that was funny. Um again, like I typically do, I'm I procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate and then I freak out and have to build something. So, I was <laughs> speaking at 20 books last year in Vegas and this is November. I'm literally in the airport preparing. I mean, I, I had actually prepared my speeches and talks and stuff ahead of time That there were a lot of them. And I wanted to make sure I wasn't completely to get up there. And so I had all this stuff prepared and I kept, I, I was like getting stuck at the end because there was just too much that I wanted to tell these authors. I was like, there's too much about advertising and email and how to do it well. And I was like, you know what? It, it would just, we need like a one repository, one-stop place where you can, you can sign up for more. And It wouldn't be an upsell. It wouldn't, it's not a core. I'm not trying to sell anything. It just literally like, Hey, no one wants to hear me talk for 40 hours, but that's how much it's going to take for me to say all the things that I think are important for, you know, right or wrong. And so I was in the airport in Colorado Springs and I was like, I need, I need to just build another website (laughs) and and just load all this stuff there. And then it'll be like three different for now, three different email courses that are totally free and like 20 weeks long. And um, I'll totally just write them as I go. But that will be kind of the addendum for the talks. So okay. every talk I gave was hey, go to bookcareerinayear.com and I'm not selling you anything. Just sign up and you can get more of the kind of call to action stuff that I would have tried to cram in at the end of this talk. That's what Book Career in a year is. To be fair, I haven't really done much with it since, but um, I did write most of the emails. You have all the emails. Uh,
0: That's what we need.
1: <laughs> and then I stopped. I had to finish it, but um, I do intend to keep it going and finish those out. I just got really busy with some personal stuff. So,
0: I mean, there's so much to do as a writer and you've been in the business for about 10 years now and you learn so much stuff and there if you can help people avoid some of those mistakes it would it's nice of you
1: <laughs> that's absolutely what it is you know people i started um, a publishing company for thrillers because i was already doing all this stuff okay. nothing really changed it was just the things that i was doing was working but it so everyone was like well just advertise my books it's working for you and i was like it's not if, no, I can tell you what I did that didn't work. That's all I'm doing. I'm just looking at the ads every week and going, well, that, that sucks. Let's not do that don't anymore.
0: Don't do that one. <laughs> and then you just
1: keep doing that after you know $100,000 of ad spend and pretty soon your ads are going to work. Unfortunately, that's not very good advice. People don't want to hear that, but that's yeah. all I'm doing. That's really, it's just, I've made the mistake, so hopefully you don't have to. And yeah. that's kind of what Book Career in a Year became was, okay, let's talk about email. Don't just send emails one at a time through your you know, Outlook account or something because they're not gonna get where you need them to go.
0: Yeah. And and what is your thriller publishing house? Like do you do people submit it? How how yeah. do you
1: yeah? Okay. That one's a little it's interesting. So this is it's called conundrum publishing. And because of a conundrum uh hot springs, my wife and I went up there and almost got a divorce because I drank all the water because it was heavy. Water's heavy and she was mad. But anyway, so I was <laughs> like why not call a company after this like, you know, like very real moment in our lives. Um anyway, no, it's it was based on an idea, she she urged me to do it finally because um, I had been working with co-writers. I've been doing this with my own books. Um, I've been talking to people, a slack group of thriller authors that I, you know we, we all talk and share ideas. And so this is sort of the culmination of all that. Essentially, the bottom line is I think traditional publishing is broken and conundrum publishing is trying to fix it. Mm-hmm. So it is traditional. It's not hybrid. No author will pay anything up front uh, or even down the road. Like We're splitting royalties, but we pay for everything up front, okay, or the, the production of the book. So it's traditional in that way. Uh, it's very untraditional in how we do things. Nice. We don't offer advances, but we have a AI editing suite that's human-run, but it's basically a tool we call the gauntlet. Uh, we've got the round table where we take an outline from an author. We have at least five thriller experts who will go through the outline with them, get those things in place that I was talking about, like the structure, the pace, mm-hmm. the tone, all that. Not because developmental editors are bad and they don't know what they're doing, but they're expensive. Mm-hmm. And typically they, they will make your story better, but they don't know what markets and sells thrillers. Yep. Um, right. That's not their job. And so that's what the roundtable does is it, it's it's there to say, we can make this really good story sell well if you change some of these structural things because people will, it'll be an easier read for them.
0: For okay. Example. Nice.
1: Um, so that's kind of the, that's the, the, the high level overview, but um, it's been working really well. I mean, we we haven't even ever really talked about we have never launched it. We never said I'm running a thriller publisher. I just asked for some outlines, and we got like bombarded by thriller authors who were like, "You're going to publish a book. Are you can publish a book. Are you publish a book. Are you publish my book for me." And that's that's You're what like, we're working okay, with.
0: Okay, there's now. market for this one. I guess
1: we're doing yeah. The spaghetti has stuck. I guess we're doing this one.
0: You guys don't want the radio, really? <laughs> I
1: was the radio, but it's really cool. I don't
0: have to do anything in the meantime. <laughs> Open okay, well, out songs
1: all day long. Yeah, the radio one's really cool. I wish that
0: one. I do want to ask you one last question um what is something that you see that authors you know are are doing wrong or like something that first time authors kind of do wrong and something that you see that we kind of continue to do wrong cuz we're humans and once we get into a box whether it's good or not we tend to do the same thing
1: <laughs> oh gosh uh, i've got so many i have a whole book about how authors are wrong uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um,
0: <laughs> go, go buy my
1: book. <laughs> <laughs> go buy mine. Why you're wrong book. Um, great. Um, no, I, so I do see... Uh, I'm going to go back to email. Yeah, and I'm going to shamelessly self-promote author email because yeah. it is the best. And okay. it's the only one that's for authors. It's super, super good. So go check it out. But the biggest mistakes I see in the email world are that we we as authors are... We're very careful. We're very like you know cautious, I should say. like We don't want to piss people off. We don't want to make people mad. We don't want to get unsubscribes. The truth of the matter is, you will, and it has nothing to do with you. Okay. It's just the the nature of email. I honestly think it's it's like harder to try to get subscribes the, the unsubscribes. right? It's it's difficult. Like if you asked everybody on your list to unsubscribe, they wouldn't do it. I
0: know people so don't do just, anything you ask them. They,
1: they won't do anything you ask you to. So you don't, maybe that's the strategy. So ask everybody to unsubscribe. You <laughs> probably get a, just to probably grow overnight.
0: No, I won't.
1: <laughs> 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 you refuse. Give me a free book. Uh, that's usually the response. Yes. Exactly. What I'm getting at is I, I, I've i said this too in, in some talks. I'm going to talk about this at InkersCon as well okay. um, in, in a month or two, but I really like I have the numbers to, to prove this out. It's statistically less likely for people to unsubscribe from your emails when you send more often than less often. Interesting. Okay? Now what that means is, uh, and what I'm getting at is this myth that authors are like, we, we can't send email every day. Like that's just too much. Like there's this magical invisible line that we cross after we send more than once a week um, that doesn't exist. I mean, how, how many of us, accidentally signed up for bed bath and Beyond a coupon uh, because we wanted to get that sweet bath caddy. That was the only one in town that would fit totally speaking from experience. Here. <laughs> and then ended up on a freaking email, you know, chain that was but like, never every from? <laughs> yeah, they're like 30, 30% off 40% off, fifty percent, you know, whatever. And so it, we literally get an email That's every true. day. What we do as a, as an email person, as somebody who receives emails, I'm not going to unsubscribe from that list. If I may get a coupon in the future, I'm looking at you Coles, uh, that I might want. Yeah. Right. But if I don't want that email, if I unsubscribe, I won't get that one in the future. So what I'll just I'll just delete it or archive the email. Right. Um, we do that all the time. And with authors who aren't just sending coupons every day, why in the world would I unsubscribe from your email cat if I want to hear from you in a month? But I'm busy redoing the floor in my bathroom today. Yeah. I can't look at that email today. I'm not going to buy that book today. I'm just going to delete your email. But I want to hear from you again in the future, right? So. The problem is authors are so scared that we're going to get an unsubscribe because of something we send. We're not spamming people, guys. Like They're not going to unsubscribe from what we send them. Yeah. They know we're selling books. That's not a secret. They're not going to get mad that we're selling a book. Right. And if they do, you know, screw them. You don't want the person on your list anyway. Right. Um, what's going to happen is they're going to forget who you are if you don't send enough. Right. If you wait three months to send a book, I mean, to send an email, they're going to go, who the hell is this guy? I don't know you. Unsubscribe. Unsubscribe. Right? But if, if you're in their inbox at least every week or even twice a week or more or less or whatever you feel comfortable with, they're going to know who you are. Um, they're going to recognize your, you, your voice or whatever you're emailing about. And every now and then when they're prepared to buy a book, they're going to buy your book because they know who you are. Oh, I like right? that. It's a long winded way of saying it's statistically less likely for people to unsubscribe if you're sending more often than less
0: often. Yeah. And that that's another kind of mindset thing that we have to figure out as authors. Right? Yeah, exactly. Be better sellers. Well, I think people can find I'll have the links in the show notes as usual. It's nickthacker.com and then there's
1: the radio. Go to the radio Go website. To the that's radio my, radio that's right? I know Everyone's clamoring <laughs> to get to the tour. come on,
0: get his get his counts <laughs> up there, guys. It works and, on
1: your phone too. It's amazing. You just put your headphones in and do jam it. out all day. Just
0: do it. Add my podcast and then people will do Yeah. It. <laughs> your
1: phone dies because I don't know how to do battery life stuff. On
0: yes. The- Sorry. Um, so we have in the show notes all of your links. Um, book career in a year, authoremail.com, radiowrite.com. I'm gonna put it in there. We'll see what we'll see.
1: I wanna get more than 30 this year, 30 (laughs)
0: listeners. There you go. And nickthacker.com. So good to hear from you. You have some great advice. But I think we're going to have to have you on again because it sounds like you have a lot more to tell us. But good. I luck. can talk
1: all day about why um, synthwave and EDM is the best backing music for um, writing. Yes. So
0: we'll do that. Probably. The, the, It'll the be entire
1: 100% episode. radio write episode. I don't know. Who knows? By that time, can I'll be like, well, I don't know. Nobody was listening, so, so I, I the shut website it down. Off. <laughs> yeah, I literally um, built a website that allowed an author to put a um, like their their chapter up and then have a beta team come and and like actively edit and make notes and stuff on it that the author could you know accept her it was super cool and then i was like this is just google docs like that i've just created <laughs> just a version of google docs like this, no it's not helpful to anybody but i spent like i don't know 60 hours building it and nights and weekends and i just shut it down i was like oh well that was fun <laughs> good you're to know an, i can do it." you're
0: an active guy <laughs> yes it's just another skill set that you need for <gasps> the next book
1: it's a curse is what it is yeah well, i need to write that name.
0: thank you so much for coming on nick
1: thanks for having me this was a lot of fun definitely want to do it again
0: hey you're still listening If you want to find out more about me, you can head over to catcaldwell.com. I have my story over there, my books, my interactive journals, my one-on-one coaching information, and information on my creative writing community membership group.